Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Previously on Sports Yak. It's going to be a rough year in the ACC for the Irish men's team. I think they'll be lucky to win six conference games this year. So you're telling me there's a chance. No, they're not going to make the NCAA tournament this year. They're just not good enough. When Julian Love was out of the game, Trevor Lawrence was 12 of 14 throwing the football. And where did he throw most of his passes? At Dante Vaughn. At Dante Vaughn, yes. You want to know the difference between Clemson and Notre Dame? Do you think Notre Dame can ever win a national championship? No. So you're telling me there's a chance. Sports Yak is brought to you by Big and Tall Outlet Ian Elkhart. Big and Tall Outlet features big and tall men's clothing from many of the leading big men's catalogs for 50% off manufacturer's suggested retail price. That's Big and Tall Outlet on Napanee Street in Elkhart and at BigandTallOutlet.com. Follow them on Facebook and Twitter as well, because big guys gotta look good too. This is Derek from Big and Tall Outlet coming to you guys from uh, 1333 South Napanee Street in Elkhart, Indiana. A few different things I wanted to touch on this morning. As we are gearing up for the NFL playoffs, uh, several of our Midwest teams, including the Bears and the Colts, are in the playoffs, and uh, we'll be playing this weekend uh, Sunday. Hopefully they do well. Hopefully they go far. Uh, we do have a pretty good selection of a lot of different NFL teams. Everything from, you know, the Browns, a little bit of the Seahawks, Buffalo, Green Bay, Dallas. I mean, a wide assortment in various sizes. One of the couple of shirts I want to hit on today are these two shirts right here. Long sleeve, available in six teams. This long sleeve shirts are reflective print. Short sleeve shirts have the team schedule for 2018 on the back. Um, so I have that in the Bears. Have it in the Colts, Cowboys, Raiders, and the Packers. Each $16. If you wanted to get both, $32, you can wear the short sleeve over the long sleeve, um, still see the reflective on the sleeve, or wear them separate. Those are available, I believe, 3X, 4X, 5X. But then we have other shirts that are available in larger sizes. Most of our NFL apparel goes up to about a 6X. Um, there are a little bit of 7 8 X um, that are available, but those are typically um, 
long sleeve turtlenecks, a little bit different items. If you guys have any questions, feel free to uh, give us a call. Our number is 574-293-0111, or you can always reach out to us here on Facebook. Thank you, guys. You have a great day, and uh, Happy New Year. Coming up on this episode of Sports Yak. You know, originally, Corey, this morning when you ran that name by me, I said no, and then I looked at his numbers. Over 12,000 rushing yards. He certainly had seven terrific years with the Colts, and actually a couple pretty good years with the Cardinals after that. I'm going to say yes. Find out who exactly Chuck Freebie's talking about. And for our Spanish-speaking maniacs, there's a ham sandwich. Torte de jamón. Sports Yak starts now. From South Bend, Indiana, you know where that's at. I don't. Where do you live? It's Sports Yak with Corey Mann and Chuck Freebie. I'm the booth announcer, and you shall listen to me. I'm Jim Short. Sports Yak is brought to you by Big and Tall Outlet, featuring big and tall men's clothing from many of the leading big men's websites for 50% off the suggested retail price. On Napanee Street in Elkhart, or online at bigandtalloutlet.com. Because big guys gotta look good, too. Sports Yak! An inspiration to those who are not inspired by anything. Here's two guys that we can do without, really. It's Sports Yak with Corey, you know, and that freebie boy. And welcome to episode 45. 45! The Michael Jordan number when he came back to play for the Bulls. Oh, why not number 23? I'm not sure why he didn't go with Ever hear that story? I'll tell you what, though, I'm looking forward to the 10-part documentary series coming out about that championship season, seasons, unfortunately, 2020. Right, but it gives you something something to live for. I find it interesting that they would run commercials for that already. Because I think they understand what a great interest there is in that dynasty. There was even footage within that preview. Of stuff that nobody's ever seen before. It was like, oh, wow. Yep. Some good, you know, whatever. Hi, my name's Corey Mann. There's Chuck Freebie to my left with a, is that a fresh cup of coffee? Uh, about a half cup left from the morning show that we did together today. Uh, I gave our morning show today an A-. minus. Good spirited morning show. Feels like we got along. We had fun. Plenty to talk about. Sure. Uh, Hopefully this will be the same. Yeah, let's see what we grade this bad boy when we're all done, huh? D+. plus. Uh, I was at Walmart yesterday, and I saw on the uh, T-shirt stand, Cotton Bowl T-shirt, Notre Dame Clemson. Discounted heavily? <laughs> Actually, no. Really? I found that interesting. I don't know who would buy that now. No, I don't either. I think everybody's looking forward to Monday night, Alabama and Clemson. Clemson and Alabama in the national championship game. Who do you like in that one? Well, I loved what I saw from Clemson. I have not watched a single play of Alabama this really? football season. Okay. Not watched a single one because I know they're good. I uh, would like to see Clemson win because Alabama has won so much. Mm-hmm. I would like to see there be another juggernaut in the mix. And I just like the way Clemson handled themselves. I like that quarterback. I like that coach. You've said some great things about him. Uh, yeah. I'm rooting for Clemson, but I think Alabama will win. They're the favorite. Obviously, they have they have 
both teams should have a tremendous amount of confidence coming in. I just think there might be some weaknesses with Clemson that you can pick on. So I think that secondary and those safeties, Alabama's offensive line might be, well, it's definitely better than Notre Dame's offensive line was. So I think from a standpoint of protecting the quarterback and making things happen, Alabama might be able to do some more things on offense than Notre Dame was able to do against Clemson. And that's why I think Alabama will prevail in that game. So, let's see here. What else? Once that's done, college football over with. There's nothing left. It's funny. On Wednesday night, Diane says to me, so is there any football on tonight? And I thought, well, in the past, there have been occasional bowl games that happen after the New Year's Day bowl game. Mm -hmm. But they've eliminated that now. And so, that's the last college football game of the year. Now, there is professional football this weekend as we start the NFL playoffs and it starts off on Saturday afternoon with the Colts at the Texans. And we promised our listeners that we would talk about this game on Friday. So let's delve into it. Pretty even matchup as I see it, Corey. You know, uh, we celebrated my son's birthday today. In 2007, he was born, January 4th. And that was the same year that the Colts and the Bears played against each other in the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. which he was like, dumbfounded that those teams would be in the Super Bowl. <laughs> that the Bears had ever been good yeah. enough to be in a Super Bowl. It's been a while. It uh, has. And, uh, you know, you have liked the Colts. I mean, was the season like a 1-5 in five start? And here we go, a big turnaround. And They win 10 out of their last 11 to make the playoffs. So now Frank Reich's team goes down to Texas, takes on Deshaun Watson and the Texans. Both teams, as you tend to be by this time of the year, a little bit dinged up. But I'll tell you what, Corey, and maybe it's just the Indiana native in me, I'm going to take the Colts in this game. I just think they're so hot right now and playing so well, and Andrew Luck has had a sensational year at quarterback. He's another guy that probably should be in the Pro Bowl that wasn't picked. Now, he'll probably wind up going and filling in for Tom Brady, who, as we've covered on the show, does not go to the Pro Bowl. Doesn't go. He's got stuff going on. So, I like luck in the Colts in that game. Okay. And that's Saturday afternoon? Saturday afternoon. That is followed uh, Saturday night, primetime, Seattle and Dallas. And I like the road team in that one, too. I like the Seahawks, even though they have kind of struggled down the stretch. Dallas has such a terrible playoff history, uh, ever since Jimmy Johnson was coaching there, that I'm going to take the Seahawks in that one. I saw Pete Carroll say something in the media yesterday that uh, playing at that stadium was like playing inside a nightclub. Too much stuff going on, and you know well, you got that huge scoreboard overhead. Yeah. You got all the other surrounding things, and yeah, it it really requires an opponent to have some extreme focus coming in. I noticed that during the bowl game, Notre Dame and Clemson players just looking literally straight up. Yes, if you saw the pictures of where the guys sit to call the games on radio, Mm -hmm. you're a long way away from the field. You're really relying on that TV monitor up top to show you what's going on. Sunday afternoon's games? Sunday afternoon, you've got Baltimore and the Chargers. This one played in Baltimore. We talked about this a little bit on Wednesday. The Chargers at one time looked like they might be the number one seed in the AFC. Phillip Rivers, at age 37, has had a sensational year. Baltimore has had quite a turnaround. Joe Flacco goes out at quarterback. Lamar Jackson, the former Heisman winner from Louisville, comes in, and they really rejuvenate that offense with a mobile quarterback. 
Ravens have had a history of having strong defenses. They have one again this year. But I like the Chargers and Rivers to come into Baltimore and get the win. Chargers actually have the better record, but Baltimore gets to host because they're a division champ and the Chargers are a wild card. And then, of course, the Bears. The Bears. It's the Bears and the Eagles. Late afternoon, right about 440 South Bend time. Sunday. Sunday afternoon. And uh, the Eagles, of course, the defending Super Bowl champions. So I don't think you can count them out. Nick Foles, quarterback. They've got Alshon Jeffrey coming back to Chicago to play in a playoff game, something that he didn't really get much of a chance to do when he was with the Bears. Golden Tate at receiver for the Eagles. Kind of been lost a little bit in their offense. Very good Bears secondary, augmented by that very good Bears pass rush. Can the Bears get enough heat on Foles to cause some mistakes and then do a solid enough job with the running game? Which Mitch Trubisky will show up? There's a lot of question marks about the Bears entering this game just because they haven't been in the playoffs for a while. I'll still take the Bears playing at home. I think that defense is good enough. The Eagles have struggled, though, to get to this point, right? I mean, they've kind of clawed and scraped to get into this playoff They haven't had a good year. Uh, Foles came into the rescue once again. They beat a woeful Washington team last week Mm -hmm. while the Bears were beating Minnesota. And there was some thought that maybe the Bears should just roll over against Minnesota so they get a chance to play him again this week. But now you're going up against the defending Super Bowl champs. And as I saw somebody adroitly say on Twitter, and occasionally you do see actual smart comments on Twitter. Somebody said, look, if the Bears can't win this first-round game, they don't belong as a Super Bowl contender anyway, no matter who they're playing. Because now, in layman's terms, when you lose this weekend, you are done. It's survive in advance, lose and go home. Okay. Can I give a shout-out to Big and Tall Outlet store manager Derek Lehman? Please do. He tweeted moments before the show started, and I thought this was hilarious. He went and got one of these Dunkin' Donuts coffee boxes. Sure. And you got your knob on the side to, you know, obviously get your coffee. Dunkin' Donuts has placed righty-tighty, lefty-loosey on the actual Oh, on the box, on the cap. Have younger generations not been taught this to the point that they've got to put that on the box? Probably not. There's a lawsuit that probably happened. Coffee was too hot. I turned it the wrong way. I burned my hand, so now we play it safe. Bob Nagel has a report for us. Really? From last night's game. I'd love to hear it. The Fighting Irish of Notre Dame ran their season record at 13-1 and with a rather easy win over Pittsburgh. Final score, 100-44. to The Irish got off to a great start and led at halftime by a score of 60-14. to Muffet McGraw was able to clear the bench, got everybody in who was ready to play, including all the walk-ons as the Irish bench outscored Pittsburgh 31-14, and the Irish ran away with it, leading by 62 points in the second half. Notre Dame got an outstanding effort from Marina Mabry with 20 points. She also had seven assists in the ballgame. 11 rebounds tonight for Jessica Shepard to go with six points and five assists. And Brianna Turner had nine points and five rebounds in just 16 minutes of play. Enrique Gumbawale averaging 23 in the season, ended up with 18. She played less than 20 minutes. And Jackie Young came into the game needing six points to reach 1,000 in her career. She wound up with 16 points 
and three rebounds. He also had three assists and two steals in the ballgame as the Irish were just really solid in the first half and ran away from Pittsburgh. Again, the final score, 100-44. The Irish will be in action on Sunday afternoon. They'll play at 3 o'clock. We'll have the pregame show at 2.45, live from McCamish Arena in Atlanta, Georgia. It's at Notre Dame and Georgia Tech. Game number two of the conference season for the Irish and game number 15 of the regular season. I'm Bob Nagel from the Joyce Center. Notre Dame hockey. I saw a great uh, picture on the front page of the Tribune today of uh, local uh, kids getting to skate. Yeah, they let the Irish Youth Hockey League play games out there yesterday in the afternoon and evening. So what a memorable event for oh. those kids. They got to play in Notre Dame Stadium on the outdoor sheet of ice, the same one the Blackhawks played on, the same one the Irish will play on tomorrow when they take on the University of Michigan Wolverines. Should be a good crowd on hand at Notre Dame. Be careful with the parking. Uh, what I would suggest is going online to und.com and investigating what they say about the parking. Mm-hmm. I think there will be free parking available, but you'll probably be shuttled into the stadium. Okay. I think those spots near the stadium, because they have a men's basketball game going on at noon. Mike Bray's team taking on Syracuse. Oh, a busy day. And then Notre Dame, Michigan in the stadium at 3.30. And, of course, they're expecting a big crowd for that. And as we all know, they don't have enough parking over there. So they'll be shuttling you in from maybe the Bola lots, maybe even White Field. I'm not sure. Uh just go online, und.com will have all the information for you about parking. Let's play a round of yes or no, and of course you can launch into a diatribe should you choose. <laughs> when have I ever done that? Pro Football Hall of Fame candidates. Okay. Here we go. Tony Gonzalez. Yes. Ed Reed. Yes. Champ Bailey. <laughs> I guess if you have to hesitate, you say no. Third-time finalist, Edrin James. You know, originally, Corey, this morning when you ran that name by me, I said no, and then I looked at his numbers. Over 12,000 rushing yards. He certainly had seven terrific years with the Colts and actually a couple pretty good years with the Cardinals after that. I'm going to say yes. Six-time finalist, John Lynch. No. Eight-time Pro Bowl safety, Steve Atwater. No. Richard Seymour. Pretty good. Pretty good, but it's not the Hall of Pretty Good. It's the Hall of Fame, so I'll say no. <laughs> the Hall of Pretty Good. Yeah. I hope to someday make it into that one myself. Hey, aren't you a Hall of Pretty Good? Yes, I am. Yes, I'm in the Hall of Pretty Good. The bust is busted. <laughs> it's only just got like a torso. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Do we want to touch on Notre Dame basketball? They play Saturday. They play Saturday against Syracuse. I think anytime you're playing at home, it's a must-win in the conference. They did not look good against Virginia Tech. I probably should take that back a little bit and retract it. They played about as well as you could hope for. Remember, they don't have Rex Fluger. They were down to seven players on the road against the 10th-ranked team in the country and, and took them in to the basically the the final 10 minutes of the game before things really fell apart on them however it's just it's such a disappointing year for the second straight year i mean last year it was the injuries to colson and farrell he had such high hopes for that team this year i thought even though they were lost to oklahoma and they lost to ucla 
things were looking up. Fluger was playing his best game ever against Purdue and then blows out the knee. And ever since that time, there's just been this feeling about this team where eh, just you don't feel a great vibe with it right now. Let me see if I can air out this thought I've been having and you can make sense of it or tell me I'm, I'm full of it. You talked about elite recruiting the mm-hmm. other day with Clemson where freshmen right now are competing in the game and providing what is needed to be provided. Notre Dame doesn't seem to have that with their freshmen being able to come right off the bench and into the game and doing what needs to happen. I might quibble with that a little bit. I think Dane Goodwin has played very well for the Irish as a freshman. Yes. Prentice Hub is being asked to do a lot right now and probably more than he should be asked to do. And it shows because he's trying to do too much on the floor, needs to pass the ball more. Yeah. Uh, But I think Prentice Hub is going to be a very good player. Right now, he's he's getting on the job training and he's not quite ready for it. Look, when when you talk about elite freshmen, Mm -hmm. obviously Duke, Zion Williamson, R.J. Barrett, those are guys that could be playing in the league right now. I mean, Zion Williamson, you've said it before on this show. He is a athletic freak. Yeah. Okay. He could be in the NBA right now. Who will be in South Bend in two or three weeks? Right. And you better see him this year because you're not going to see him here next year. Think so? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, those guys, they're one and Gone. done. Yeah. Romeo Langford at Indiana. Far better freshman than anybody that Notre Dame has right now. And scored 28 last night as they beat Illinois 73-65 in a game you probably heard on 103.1 FM. And then you've got the Irish freshman, Lasheski, Goodwin, Hub, Carmody, Carmody, good freshman class, uh one of the better freshman classes that Mike Bray has brought in here. But Mike Bray's claim to fame has been the way he develops players. Okay. And how they play as juniors and seniors. He's always said, I like my old guys. Well, this year, one of his old guys busted up his knee. Done. And so now it's Temple Gibbs, TJ Gibbs, and a bunch of guys really kind of getting their first experience. Mooney has developed into a pretty decent player, much better than he was when he came here. Mm Mm-hmm. But they just need some other guys to step up, whether that's DJ Harvey. Who's the dude from Connecticut? Uh, Jawan Durham. And and the thing about Jawan Durham is they're still not getting enough minutes a game out of him. The problem is he got in foul trouble the other night at Virginia Tech, so he was only available for 14 minutes before he fouled out. Wow. Okay. Had a number of blocked shots. He is a game-altering player when he's in the game, but you got to be able to stay on the floor, Jawan, to be a game-altering player. Finally got a chance to see number 2 Michigan play last night. Boy, can they play defense. Right? Oh, my goodness, do they get after you defensively. That You watch John Beeline's team play defense, and that is a coach's clinic right there. So Indiana plays Michigan Sunday afternoon at 4.30 while the Bears game is going on. What I suggest, put the Bears game on your TV and listen on 103.1 FM to IU and Michigan with Don Fisher on the call. Such great advice. Thank you. And that'll be a good test for that Michigan defense. But here's the thing about Indiana. Sometimes, now last night they moved the ball around pretty well against Illinois when they got it going in the second half. 
And this is the case for most basketball teams. When you pass the ball, when you move the ball, when you get it going well and you're unselfish with it, the scoring comes fairly easily because the defense just can't adjust to how quickly the ball is moving. But when guys stand and dribble and try to go one-on-one or play pick-and-roll all the time, then all of a sudden that offense tends to bog down. You've seen it with the Irish this year. I've seen it watching IU games this year. Michigan will do some things to confound that young Indiana team, and we'll see how Archie Miller's squad is able to handle it on the road at Chrysler Arena. Success is not forever, and failure isn't fatal. Sure, luck means a lot in football. Not having a good quarterback is bad luck. I don't know any other way to lead but by example. Don Shula, 88 today. One of the great coaches of NFL history, in fact, uh, the winningest coach in NFL history, Shula, best known for his Dolphins team that still is the last team to post an undefeated season in the NFL. That was a 14-game season back then, and then they went through the playoffs and beat the Washington Redskins in the Super Bowl to finish up 17-0. and Shula also coached the Colts and Johnny Unitas, and he was the coach of the Colts who lost in the Super Bowl three, where Joe Namath made the guarantee for the Jets. Hmm. And then after that season, he went down to Miami and took over that expansion franchise. Speaking of coaches, let me put you on the spot because I know you can handle it. Your choice, top three, top five, in no order, best coaches of all time in any, any sport. sport. Lombardi, an incredible motivator. I think you have to look at Wooden and what he did. But see, I'm always a little bit tainted on John Wooden because and there are two ways of looking at this. John Wooden, and of course he coached at South Bend Central at one time in his career, high school basketball coach, then went to Indiana State, and then went to UCLA. And he was at UCLA for, I believe, 18 years before he won a national championship. And then he won 11 of the next 12. Well, what changed about John Wooden? What changed was uh, probably a fellow by the name of Sam Gilbert. And Sam Gilbert was helping pay the players that came to UCLA. Oh, okay. And that seems to be the dirty little secret that nobody really wants to talk about much when it comes to that UCLA dynasty. So if you've got that advantage going for you, which, let's face it, helps, why does a kid like Lou Alcindor, who became Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, leave New York City to come all the way to L.A. to play basketball? I I have to think that there were some shenanigans going on. Okay. So that always taints me a little bit on Wooden. But I'm not sure that any of these coaches I'm going to mention are squeaky clean. Okay. Uh, so that's why I tend to look at, at professional coaches. Um, so I mentioned Lombardi. Even though he's had some foibles this year, and even though he's been caught cheating, I think, you, I think you have to look at Belichick and what he's been able to do. Even though I'm pretty darn sure Saban is paying players unbelievably well at Alabama, I'll go with Nick Saban. I think you look at Krzyzewski. And what he's been able to do at Duke, there's four right there. One more. Let let's throw let's throw Rockney in there. Rockney, a tremendous innovator, and uh, 
you know, I don't, I don't think Newt was squeaky clean either. I, I think he was finding ways to get around the rules. Here comes a segment I like to call Local Yokels. Okay. Because you're calling local basketball tonight. Yes. I'd like to hear about what you did your homework on this week. Well, we've got Northridge and Warsaw coming up on TV 46 tonight. You can watch the game on Facebook Live right about 745 and then on the Big Four Six tonight at 11 tomorrow morning at 9. Bob Nagel and I went to both practices yesterday. Got to sit in. One of the fun things about going to practices is sometimes if you get there at the right time and the right day, and you never really know when that's going to be. But yesterday we lucked into sitting into the Northridge when they were going over the Warsaw scouting report. Okay. And so they were breaking down the Warsaw team. They were looking at clips, showing some of the favorite plays that Warsaw runs. How does a coach get that? Well, coaches exchange tape. They do They do yeah. the courtesy of exchanging. Yeah. And okay. these, these days with the digital era, used to be you had to like meet somewhere like at the local McDonald's in between the two towns. So if you were coming from Middlebury to Warsaw, maybe you meet in Milford. But now it's a click and a drag and a paste and a copy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So they do the courtesy of exchanging tape. And uh, they break, they sit there, they break it down. Uh, Coach Radiker at Northridge clearly had been to a couple of Warsaw games in person because he said, when they run this, I heard him say this for certain plays. Okay. I mean,. Let me tell you something about these two teams, and I think it's the case for Indiana high school basketball in general. It's a well-coached sport. I mean, these guys know what they're doing. Okay, These guys aren't just showing up on Friday nights and rolling out the balls and saying, hey, go play. They, they're they putting a lot of time and effort into what they're doing. So Coach Radiker at Northridge went through this. You know, we want to push this guy to the right hand we feel like he's stronger going to the left so we want to make him go right another guy tends to turn to his left shoulder and the same is true for Doug Ogle down at Warsaw he handed us this is this is the benefit of having done this while me doing it for 15 years and Bob now being with HME for all 30 we go down to Warsaw Doug Ogle has printed out a scouting report and hands it to us he says just don't take it home we could read through the whole thing, any notes that he had on opponent players, things like that, because he knows we're not going to do anything with it other than it will help us with the broadcast. Okay. And then you went down to Warsaw as well. Went down to Warsaw, watched them practice. Another thing I like that Doug Ogle does, so he he knew we were getting ready to leave. He stops practice, brings all of his players over, and has them thank us for coming out to do the game classy very classy should be a fun one tonight these two teams are tied for the northern lakes conference lead along with memorial and plymouth memorial plays plymouth tonight so by the end of the night we'll have just two teams tied for the nlc lead just two games in any other particular game that you're not covering live on tv that you might want to keep your eye on well i mentioned that one memorial and plymouth those are two teams with winning records tied for the nlc lead in the NIC, I think Adams at Penn has the potential to be a very interesting game. Uh, Penn is a team that I think is on the cusp of being in the top 10 of Class 4A, but they're not there right now. Adams, though, has been able to really compete. They've, they've been up and down a lot this year. They're a very inconsistent team, but boy, when they get it together, they beat Riley earlier this year. So that shows you that they've 
got what it takes to play well. And then St. Joe at Jimtown is interesting tonight. Jimtown, I think, is one of the great stories of the local high school basketball season. Here's a team. They won a state title, I want to say, in 2005, and then their basketball fortunes just steadily kind of dropped. And last year, I want to say, they went something like 5-18. and 18. And they're 8-2 and two right now. They beat John Glenn the other night in overtime. They've got a wonderful guard by the name of Austin Pearson, who is worth the price of admission. St. Joe has some good young talent. They've got, a, I believe, a sophomore by the name of J.R. Konesny, who's getting recruited by schools like Butler, that, that level. So should be a fun one to watch tonight over in, on the banks of the Balga. Thank you so much for listening. Hit the subscribe button. You'll never miss an episode. Shout out to, I think, Maniac listener Tom Noy. Tom Noy, the ND insider for the South Bend Tribune. Also want to give a shout out to Nate Kaiser, who sent us some nice comments after last show. He did, didn't he? And then uh, also want to give a shout out to Julie Schreiber, who uh, listened to the podcast for the first time. Uh, Wednesday, and uh, enjoyed the Lefty Smith story. Uh, shout out to Diane Freeby, who wrote a better <laughs> synopsis a, of the show a, than a, we did. A better synopsis of the show than we did. I was like, wow, I want to li- oh, wait. I was on there. As we end the show, happy birthday to Michael Stipe, lead singer of REM, 58 years old today. Do you have a favorite? I will give you the fact that occasionally during the game of the week, and I'll try to do it tonight, I do a little REM tribute. You do? Yes. Oh. That's three in the corner. That's three in the spot. <laughs> uh, maybe if someone uh, falls down tonight, you can say, hey, everybody hurts. Exactly. Sometimes. Sports Yak! Sports Yak. Part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Find more of your favorite podcasts at Spreaker.com slash Studio DNA. Follow the Yak on Twitter at Sports Yak with two Ks. The second K is silent. Oh, please share with the Sports Yak listeners what you shared with the Pulse FM listeners today about hockey in Spanish. So I found an article last night that reminded me of Chuck because I'm a big fan of sports catchphrases, and I think Chuck will be one of those guys that will be legendary someday with his own trademark, I'm waiting for it, catchphrase that will be on the T-shirt of every kid someday. I don't think so, but that's okay. So the Spanish-speaking announcers for hockey... Which having, there were some at the Blackhawks-Bruins game on Saturday or on Monday. Having trouble uh, parlaying the language of hockey because in Spanish... High-sticking, you just don't say in Spanish. So the Spanish broadcaster says in this article, so we go, oh, stick, how about a cane? Spanish-speaking people know what a cane is. High, let's go baston alto. So when there's high-sticking, it's baston alto. Okay. Then uh, the Spanish broadcaster says, I couldn't figure out how to say the puck was in the middle of their skates, and the players were trying to dig it out. Now, I've heard you say this before. When you're doing radio broadcast, you're painting a picture. Right. Here's what it looks like to me. So the Spanish broadcaster says, they were chopping onions and cilantro and tomatoes. And my favorite one, when someone smashes someone else into the wall, I'd yell, there's a ham sandwich. Torte de jamón. I wonder what makes him think that's a ham sandwich. (laughs) 
smash it together. Torta de jamón. Oh, let's say goodbye or adios. Exactly. <laughs> the bilingual version of Sports Yak. I want to leave him with an REM song. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening. That's great. It starts with an earthquake. Birds and snakes and airplane. And Lenny Bruce is not afraid. I have a hurricane. Listen to yourself. Turn world to its own needs. Dummy, serve your own needs. Beat it up and knock speed. Grunt, no strength. The ladder starts to clatter with fear. Fight down high. Fire in a fire. Representing seven games in a government for hire. Sports Podcast on the Studio DNA Podcast Network. It's the Sports Yak Podcast with Corey and Chuckles. That's our show for today. Sports Yak is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Until next time, sports fans, this is Jimmy Shorts. That's good. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.